All right. Well, welcome into another episode of Cyberly Hits the Road. We are live here at Freightways, the future of supply chain. And I have somebody that I have been fascinated with for so long because I feel like she has the best conversations and the best <laughs> stories. But Mary O'Connell, she is the host of Check Call over on Freight Waves. It's a fantastic newsletter. Um, all the good things, all great content that you are seeing on Freight Waves, you're probably seeing from her. She's laughing, but I, I legitimately, I mean that. Uh, she has fantastic content. So that's why I had to get her on the show. So I was Mary. equally as excited because... Um, for those who follow Blythe and or I on Twitter, um, you just see me constantly replying to Blythe's <laughs> tweets with um, gifts and likes and just unsolicited opinions about how amazing Blythe is. Stop. So. I, did, I, I did not pay her to say this, but I probably yes. will write her a check as soon as this <laughs> interview is over. The check will be in the mail. <laughs> but for folks who, who may not know about your background, who may not have checked out Check Call yet, give us a little bit of rundown of, right, give us a little bit of rundown of how you got yourself into freight, like how you found yourself at Freight Waves, the life story. Um, Like many people in freight, I did not want to be in freight (laughs) at the beginning. I did not go to school set out to be like, I'm going to be the the god of transportation. (laughs) Not that I'm a god of transportation. Um, But I uh, started in track and trace as a temp temp after I graduated college because um, it was income. Because you graduate and you are like, I'm going to do everything. You spend three months applying for jobs, you get none. And then you're like, okay, who's, who's just going to pay me? And um, so that's how I started. I started in track and trace at Anheuser-Busch. And um, then I was there for a while. And I was like, I don't want to do transportation anymore. Mm-hmm. Went to go be a, like a travel agent for corporate travel. Oh, wow. Uh, did not like that. And then I did, I sold kitchens at Ikea. Oh, wow. <laughs> Sold kitchens, and I was like, all right, well, I want my weekends back. Hmm. Uh, so I went to be a freight broker, which you don't really oh, wow. get your weekends back sometimes there. Um, and then moved up to pricing and dispatching and you name it. I just, transportation just kept calling me back, no matter how much I didn't necessarily want to. And But now you're at Freight Waves. Now I'm you, freight you're waves. not a freight broker uh, anymore. No, I was a freight broker, and then I moved on to LTL, and then I moved on to Flatbed. Then I moved on to LTL pricing. And um, then I said, well, I'm part of transportation now. I can't leave. And uh, so then I found the job at Freight Waves. And I was like, I have no idea what a freight broker 3PL expert does, but sounds like fun. So um, (laughs) sure. And they're like, yeah, you write and you host a podcast. And I was like, I'm not a horrible writer, but I'm not the, I don't know anything about hosting a podcast. And they're like, that's okay. Just here you go. You start Monday. And I was like, sick. Let's go. Um, and it's been since August and now we're rocking and rolling. We got almost 30 episodes of check call. Oh, wow. A nice little backlog. So, uh, real quick, going back to the LTL pricing side of things, because that's, you know, I, I never worked in a brokerage <laughs> where we had like a strong LTL department. <laughs> what is, I, I keep hearing this the hardest part. It of is. Freight. So I started in full truckload and flatbed, which is very straightforward. Like if someone says I need to go from... Chattanooga to Carol to North Carolina to Charlotte. And you're like, all right, well, it's so much per mile based off all these different systems. And it's very variable. LTL pricing, you take everything you know about regular truckload pricing, flip it on its head, and that's how it works. Um, <laughs> everything's off a rate base. So whatever carrier you're working with, there's like standard rate bases, there's carrier-specific ones, and you will um, it's based off your per hundred weight, which is basically like if you have a forty thousand pound shipment. You take the hundred weight of it, which would be four thousand. Yes, because take away two zeros. Yeah, you just um, did that math right there on the spot. I, I can't. Is I that can't 4, do that. Four thousand if you take forty thousand if you. 
You're asking the wrong okay, person. Okay, so if you basically, it's you, t- you take the 1,000 pounds divided by 100, and that's what your new weight is. Um, I'm just not good at on-the-spot math like that. So <laughs> there's that. There's a reason. I don't trust them if they are. There's a reason we use Excel so heavily. <laughs> um, so basically, you it's based off its density, its weight, how many pallets it takes up. Oh, wow. And then to make it more complicated, you get, so like that's the base rate. And then there's a discount that you get on top of it. Every, every shipment gets a discount. And that's what you negotiate in your LTL pricing is the discount that you give that huh. customer. It is completely backwards and fascinating. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I knew it was intricate, but I didn't know it was like that many levels. Yeah. It sounds like the, the relationships need to be extra strong yeah, in Yeah, because then LTL. if someone makes a mistake, they're like, oh, there's no discount applied to this shipment because they didn't bill it right. Mm. So your shipment goes from $400 to like $5,000. Wow. And you're like, can I get a courtesy discount on this, please? Please? And does that come on the broker side or does, do you have um, to like go to accounting and just so beg them? So we have to go to accounting and be like, hey, can you bring it down? And then so if the paperwork is filled out incorrectly by like a broker or an account manager, then, um, and the carrier won't give you like a, good and like they might give you like half off but if it was different usually the difference comes out of the account manager or the broker's margin wow. because it's what you promised the customer so another reason to always double check your shipments and your bols and your paperwork and so a lot i mean i imagine that the, the intricacies of that are incomparable to you know it really any other sector of transportation yes because one mistake can literally on one mistake on one load can cost you almost five thousand dollars if not more so what was the reason i guess that you were like not I don't want to do this anymore. Um, it just kind of got like there wasn't um, the place that I was at. There wasn't a whole lot of room for like growth mm. for me. I basically had to wait for my boss to quit, retire, or get promoted, so then I could compete with everyone on my team to get his job. And I was like, I don't really want to do that. And um, yeah, so I just uh, ended up here. And so you started applying at like Freight Waves. You got yeah. the job like uh, w- with the podcast. And you said that you didn't have any podcasting experience. No. How did you learn what to um, do? So there is an unsung hero behind all the success of Check Call. And it's our video producer. Her name's Mel. She's amazing. She is the light of my life because I just go, Mel, I don't know what I'm doing. She's like, I know the video editing part. She's got it. She puts it all together. She adds the graphics. She makes it look amazing. All I have to do is just find someone and talk to them, which is oh, wow. very easy. Yeah. Because I um, love talking to people. Never, never met a stranger. But uh, no, I love talking to people. And so all I have to do is reach out, find someone, set up the appointment, and then... Like they kind of take care of everything else, get it published on the Apple player. And I just go, thanks guys. That's Can't, awesome. Literally cannot do this without you. So you don't have to do any post-production work, which is arguably some of the most more challenging yes. parts. Yes. Of I tried content. to, I did try to make a two minute video uh, from the video clip one time of, uh, that I could put up on LinkedIn. 45 minutes later, I had a two minute <laughs> video edited. And I was so proud of myself. And Mel's like, "That it should not take you 45 minutes. And oh, like, it'll be yes. quicker. The more you do it. I was it. like, it's fine. <laughs> and she's like, next time, just ask. <laughs> oh, true. Then, yeah, you just use the FreightWaves resources because exactly. they just, they have so many. So Right. And I'm like, they're there and they're, they're so amazing, so kind. So I'm just like, okay, well, like, I don't want to bother you. I feel like, yeah, that I, I have the same sort of sentiment towards them. I'm like, you guys are doing so much. Yes. I don't want to add to that <laughs> yes. workload. So whatever I can, you know, sort of take off your plate, I'm going to, I'm going to try to do. 
Now, with your broker experience, the the content that you cover is very broker heavy. Yes. Now, what are sort of the, I guess, your your content buckets? Where do you try to focus your efforts? Right now, since, I mean, there's, the market is what it is. It's Mm -hmm. down. There's not a lot happening. Um, It's kind of hard to be like, well, protect your margin while you can. So now we're kind of moving into more of some of the other corporate functions of like how necessarily like a 3PL can use marketing to its advantage, um, really kind of rely on its pricing system, um, basically like refine claims processes, because right now it's going to come down to those pricing contracts and those negotiations that you have for contract pricing and um, making sure that you're not getting an obscene amount of claims and all those accessorials and extra chargebacks that you can get. It's going. This is going to be the time where you can clean that up. Mm. So that way, when things ramp up again, you're not making sloppy mistakes that cost uh, the company a bunch of money. And that's interesting that you bring that up because for a lot of 3PLs, the, the first thing that they say is, well, I don't need to market myself or, I, right. you know, we're all the offering the same thing. Me. Yes. So how, how would you advise other 3PLs to market themselves online? So basically you can be like, I'm a 3PL. Everyone's a 3PL. It's all about like what you do to set yourself apart. Like I was talking to someone yesterday that is a LTL carrier, but also a freight brokerage. Mm. And I was like, that's unusual. And they specialize in shipping awkward, oversized, long items like carpet, flooring, et cetera. Like the rolls of carpet you see at Home Depot, they get it there. And I was like, that makes perfect sense. And so they have warehouses built around it. They have designed their entire network to accommodate this oversized large thing. Oh, wow. So it's kind of how you differentiate yourself. Mm. Um, like we see with uh, my Freight Crush, Freight, Freight Vana, they bought trailers. They really focus on the partnership aspect of it. Other 3PLs are known for expedited services, mm. and others are just known to handle large volume shippers. So it's just kind of about finding your niche and what you can do the best. Because you don't have to do everything. Mm. You just have to pick one thing you're really good at, stick with that, and then add on a couple extra things that you're pretty all right at. What about from a, a regional aspect? Because I'm, I'm thinking back to like my, I, I don't want to say broker days because I was never a broker. <laughs> I hear them like slamming the phones all day and it was annoying Flipping as a marketer. <laughs> yelling at drivers, exactly. slamming the phones. I was like, well, that sounds like a job I'm never going to do. Yes. Um, especially coming from like a marketing perspective. I was like, these people sound like they're losing their minds. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. It feels like that sometimes. <laughs> but they they focused at the time, they focused more on like regional efforts. So it was yes. really like wherever the freight was, we have a Northeast team, we have a Southeast team, we have a West yeah. Coast so team. So if you break it up into those regions, that makes it a lot easier. So like if someone, like if you have someone from Hershey, Pennsylvania, it's like, I want to ship a bunch of chocolate. You're probably going to send it to the Northeast team because they have the carrier network. They have the connections that you need to get that load booked and get it moving quickly. And so from like a marketing perspective, that's probably what I should have been focused on. (laughs) So it's like no matter where you have freight, even if you are a company that's maybe based in the Northeast, you have warehouses and distribution facilities in the Midwest, the Southeast, wherever you can say, well, we have like, we have networks in those regions Mm. that we can use to leverage your um, your freight and basically like if it's something that we specialize in. So if you're specializing in like food grade shipping or grocery deliveries, you know that like, all right, well, I have strong networks in the Northeast and the Southeast, so I can use that to, um, you know, go from there. And I can use that to kind of... Um, 
get the get the best freight that we want, the most desirable freight. And so, if I'm sort of thinking about this selfishly, if <laughs> I, you know, back in the day when I was working at a brokerage office, I was also an executive assistant, so I was tasked with all the marketing plus the normal duties of right. what I was really hired to do was to assist the executives. <laughs> but I was always trying to find what that edge was for brokerage. And the only thing I, I tried, you know, TMS software and, you know, searching through data and things like that. But if you could give advice to a marketer like me, where would you, where should I have started? I would say just grab a couple of your carrier reps at a time, mm-hmm. pull that into a meeting and say, hey, what do you do really well? Mm-hmm. Like, if, so if you guys had, for example, teams that were like the Northeast and Southeast, be like, okay, Northeast, Northeast guys, what do you do really well? What is the freight that you like to cover that's easy for you to cover, that you can make good margins on, that is consistent, reliable? What does that look like for you? And oh, every sorry. region's going to have different ones. And if you sit down with them, those are the guys in the end that are going to be booking the loads. Mm-hmm. So if you know like, all right, well, the Northeast is horrible at getting up into Maine, but if you're getting to like Pennsylvania or New, like upstate New York, it's pretty okay. You can get out pretty easily, but they only like, um, they don't want freeze-protected food. They just want like normal refrigerated or not refrigerated at all. Mm. Then you can go, okay, well, I can go find that. And that's when you kind of can almost, I don't want to say like custom make stuff for the sales team, but kind of highlight some other things and say like, okay, well, like if you come across an opportunity that is grocery delivery in the Northeast, go get it. Like we have guys that love that. And then you can have like a grocery delivery materials or just other things that are tailored to different industries that you're like, no, this is what we do. This We already understand the general business needs. So you don't have to worry about us like messing anything up. Just give us a chance. And that gives a chance could just be like, give us two loads. Give us I one just, load. I'm, I'm give so us like dumbfounded right now because I feel like <laughs> I should be able to go back in time and tell myself all of these different tips because I feel like I would have been so much further <laughs> in my career. I would have been able to have that kind of insight. It's just little stuff like that that you don't think about until you sit there and you go, all right, well, like, I want to develop a new marketing campaign. What does that look like? Right. Or like, what do I want my niche to be? Because you can just, anyone can open a broker offers and be like, I'm going to move freight. I promise I'm really good at it. Anyone can do that. But you really need to find, especially with all the digital freight brokerages and everything like popping up, you really need to find something that's going to set you apart and really kind of give you the thing that like is that you're known for. Right. I think I, I, I deal with that right now, too, because I've just recently launched a website for a freight agent, and he works for a very large company, and he wants to create that independentness so he's not completely dependent yes. on that agent relationship. He can maybe go to another, you know, mm-hmm. a better opportunity, but how is he branding himself? And right. he really wanted to focus at first on, like, you know, LTL and full truckload. And I said, no, we need to niche down. We need to talk about some of the other things that you yes. specialize in. And those are like the cooler things, yes. I think, you know, m- big machinery, big, you know, yes. materials handling and things like that, like shipping explosives. I was talking to another, you know, trucker that yes. works for Justin who works for Freightways, yes. all the explosives that he used to ship. Exactly. And- like I used to deal with, I started in agriculture. So like that's exempt oh, from cool. a lot of weird stuff. And so like there was no, um, it was right when ELDs were getting mandated. They were exempt from ELDs. They were sometimes exempt from hours of service because if you have a thing of life, you have a truckload full of like live bees, like you can't really like stop all the time. Like you just, there's like some weird fibs. You got to kind of be like, well, it's okay. Cause it's agriculture hmm. or it's weird. So I started in the land of weird exceptions and just kind of kept getting weirder. That's a, a social media clip right there. Like yeah. the <laughs> land of weird exceptions. 
Now, we talked last night and I was sort of fascinated, exact, not last night, but the night, was it last night? I can't remember. It's it's a conference, so we're, it, all yeah. of our brains are a little Time foggy. Is nothing but an illusion. <laughs> <laughs> it was two nights ago, I believe. The first night that yes, we were here in, in Rogers. Um, you told this story about your sister, who yes. is a scientist. I, I set the stage. I love my sister. She is fantastic. She is incredibly intelligent, um, but she has a doctorate in biology. So she is a scientist through and through. And so she calls me and she's like, and she's starting a business and she's going to shrimp. She's going to ship algae and brine shrimp. And I was like, what is that? And she's like, well, algae is green. And I was like, well, I know what algae is. It grows on the plants that I try to grow. And um, which fun fact, that's not supposed to happen either. Huh. Um, <laughs> plants probably shouldn't have algae on them. <laughs> That's a different story. <laughs> so she's like, I was like, well, what's a brine shrimp? Like, is it like a really tiny shrimp you eat in the ocean? And she's like, no, people don't eat it. Fish eat it. And I was like, okay, so what are you going to do with, like, who wants to buy brine shrimp? And she was like, people who want to save the oceans or feed their exotic fish. And I was like, oh, okay, all right. There's there's a customer base for it. And she's like, it costs me 25 cents to make it because she uses waste from other industries. Like, um, she uses waste from other industries to create her products. Oh, wow. What kind so, of waste? Um, like, like pig manure, <laughs> and, like literal waste. And then um, I don't remember what she did, but she did a trial with um, like pickle brine and pig manure and like rainwater just to see what would happen. Every time I call her, she's like, I'm trying this other thing. Like I drove to this farmer's field and picked something up. We're going to try it. And I'm just like, science. <laughs> Um, so she calls me and she's like, I want to, I want to, I want to be able to ship this. And I said, okay, well, like, why, like, who are you shipping it to? She's like, I want people to subscribe to it. And I said, all right, well, like, how are you going to ship it? Well, first I'm going to try to heat seal a bag and ship it to you. I never made it to me. They just sent her like the, the like the return label in a Ziploc <laughs> bag and like dropped it off at her house. And I was like, all right, well, there's a story there. Find that one out. Um, but then she shipped like a bottle to me and I like sent her a video of me opening it and she's like okay it got there in one piece and she's like I'm gonna ship this to anyone that wants algae and brine shrimp and I was like okay cool and she goes I um and I was like well how are you gonna get people to do it and she's like well I have a website and I said great how are you gonna get people to come to that website she's like well they're just gonna come to it okay cool 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 um how are they gonna know that it exists and she goes well like I don't know. And I was like, okay, well, like, where are you going to find your new customers? And she's like, I don't know. I was like, have you tried like maybe like a $20 Facebook targeted ad marketing campaign just to start, like start the bare minimum of like people who are into fish. Here you go. And she was like, oh, that's a good idea. And I was like, they, I was like, how about a fish food conference? And she was like, those exist. I was like, girl, <laughs> there's a conference for everything. <laughs> So we start talking and she gets into it and she's like, oh, I can do this. And so now she went from trying to save the fish in the ocean with brine shrimp, because apparently that's a thing, to now just like driving, to driving 30 <laughs> minutes to um, drop fish brine shrimp off at the aquarium place 30 minutes from her house because she called them and said, do you want to try this? And they said, sure, if you don't charge us for the first one. And then they liked it, and they're like, yeah, we'll pay you, like, 50 bucks for it. Oh, well, I didn't even think about it from that lens. So they, these fisheries are almost taking a risk, like, buying yeah, because, some of like, these. no one really has. Apparently, the thing is it's really hard to ship live brine shrimp, and mm. the fish love live brine shrimp. It, like, does something science. Um, <laughs> it does something. <laughs> and so it's really hard to have them. So you can, you can charge at a premium for it. 
So really like a whole tank that she would give them, she could charge like a hundred dollars for, and it takes her, it makes her, it, the whole tank, it ends up costing like $2 oh, to wow. make. And I was like, it's like her water bill. Cause she like has just like this random pool in her backyard uh, that she grows algae and brine shrimp in. And it's just like the steps of like walking her back and being like, okay, well, who's your customer? Hmm. What does your customer look like? And how are they going to know about you? And she's like, they're just going to know. All the logistics of it. I was like, I love that for you, but no. (laughs) And then when she was first starting to ship it, she goes, she was like, so she calls me one day and she goes, okay, so if I'm going to ship something and I, anytime she starts with that, I'm like, all right, we're going to be here for an hour. (laughs) And she goes, can I just like hire a truck? to come pick something up and drop it off at like four different locations. And I said, well, yeah. She goes, well, what if those four different locations are like Alabama, Florida, Georgia, and like Wisconsin? And I was like, well, that's like, how much are you shipping? She's like, well, it'd be like a couple, like, let's say ambitiously, like a couple boxes. I was like, so like a pallet? And she's like, well, yeah, yeah. An LTL shipment. I was like, that's an LTL (laughs) shipment. And she was like, you can do that? And I was like, well, you're not going to pay one truck to go to six different states with like four pallets on it. No, (laughs) ma'am. Be an expensive bill. I was like, I mean, you can. Like money will let you do anything. Um, And so she just got a little crash course in learning. And then she tried to go on like like a small pack website to ship something. And she goes, what's the difference between all of these things? And I was like, I do not have all the time to do this. I was like, just go to the local UPS store and ask them to explain it to you because I'm not going to sit here and go through the different levels of service on UPS website. <laughs> and then she's going to be like, what happened to my shipment? Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> would Nate, never I was like make friends with a nice guy and then he'll tell you kind of how everything goes. And then, um, you know, throw it in a box and see what happens. And she threw it in a box and saw what happened. What is she storing? Like a soda bottle or something? Basically, like for lack of a better comparison, yeah. Like, a, like you know, the... You know, Boathouse Farm, like, fancy smoothie jug things that you see? That. Oh. But, like, not that fancy. That's interesting. And so she's got a couple customers, and she's looking to expand it, but she's learning the ropes. I think, you know, I love that story. She's learning that, like, you can't just be like, well, they're going to just come to me. Right. I was like, no, girl, you got to get that hustle. You got to market the business. You, yeah. Then you got to, well, figure out the logistics first and yes. then just and trial then she, and error. So I have, she shipped me a, like two bottles of algae with different carriers to see which one, like if one got broke or not. And I was like, well, she's applying the scientific method to transportation. <laughs> I said, she's going to get so mad. <laughs> So what happens? Do, do you keep the brine shrimp? Do you ship it back to her? Um, I did like, not. I um, I have two bottles. So I just I got just algae. Okay. For the first so you time. didn't get like the shrimp. I didn't get yet. That's probably oh gonna that's happen next this phase. Week. Yeah. <laughs> um, phase two, ship the shrimp. Um, <laughs> and because I was like, I don't know how to tell if these things are alive if they get to hmm. me. And she's like, Yeah. I'm going to have to teach you how to do that. And I was like, okay. Because they're not really, like, visible. They're, like, they look like flecks of dust in the, in, like, a water. I used to have a an ecosphere. Yes. And it w- grew. The, yeah. It had the brine shrimp inside of it. It's yeah. like they're the also ice. sea monkeys. Yes. Like oh, the, yeah. The sea yeah. monkeys that you can get for, like, $2. And, and they ship them in, like, the dehydrated packets. Yes. So you can, so she hasn't figured out how to dehydrate them yet. Mm. But um, she did figure out that she can make them live and, like, drive them down the street. To, and live is better than the dehydrated. Apparently, I had no idea. You guys have probably learned a lot so much about, about brine shrimp. About- 
I learned a ton the other night. I thought it was a fascinating story, so I figured you, you guys would like it too. I was like, we're going to talk about brain trim today. I was like, really? I was like, I didn't really know that anyone else cared about this. I only care about it because I talk to my sister all the time, and she's like, she's like, well, I grew this many. T-. She's like, I grew this many tanks today, and I was like. Well, I will say I was talking to Rachel Premack, new hire for Freight Waves earlier today, and I told her about the brine (laughs) shrimp story because I saw she had tweeted out a bunch of these like PetSmart facts. Uh, PetSmart was on um, with Freight Waves at the Future Supply Chain. They were giving a talk, and uh, the guy that was speaking was talking about how there's like two different... 200 different skews of yes. fish. Yes. And I said, that sounds like a lot of brine shrimp that could be sold <laughs> to PetSmarts all over. So I was connecting the dots already. <laughs> and when I told Rachel that about the brine shrimp story, she loved it. So that you get more questions. Hilarious because uh, at the Future Supply Chain, all of the Freight Wave staff, we have roommates. It's a nice little bonding session. And Rachel Premack is my roommate. <laughs> And every night, like, before we go to bed, we'll, like, lay in our beds and have, like, random story time. And Brian Shrimp did not come up. Tonight you're going to be talking about Brian Shrimp. Yeah, we're going to have a little, <laughs> little Brian Shrimp pillow talk. Well, I, th- I think that's one of the most favorite stories that I've ever heard. Because, I, I mean, on this show, I love to cover, obviously, you know, marketing, B2B stuff, like right. that kind of thing. But I also love to find out the logistics of things. How yes. stuff fig- gets figured out and how, you know, your sister is working with that process right now. Yes. Um, so I, I love stories like that. It's just real fun to watch, like, a sweet baby scientist <laughs> who's, like, just done nothing but science for a very, very long time go, like, okay, well, like, what else is... What does the world do now? She's I'm going like, like girl. D to C. Yeah. D to shrimp. Like, D- I don't know. <laughs> that's the right terminology. Shrimp to C? <laughs> um, we'll but yeah, it out. so she's figuring it out and she's like, and because she's like, well, what if I make a mistake? And I'm like, then you make a mistake. Like, yeah. Okay. You just don't do it again. Such a scientific way of thinking. Right. Like, I was like, I go write it down. And if it doesn't work, then just don't do it again. Test your next hypothesis. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, yeah, the only way to know is just to try it. Okay, so we've heard about the brine shrimp story, yes. which is fantastic. <laughs> so what I had other... no idea it was going to be such a hot topic. <laughs> You're going to be asked about this a lot, I feel I like, now. Wait. And you have I, to give us updates I, on... I will, I will. And uh, whenever she kind of gets her, uh, her, her herself under control, I tried to, like, fake order two things from her website. And she goes, I have no idea what Shopify is telling me. Oh. She's like, this is going to take me an entire day to figure out. And I was like, go for it. Well, at least she has, like, a good sister that yes. will test these things for yes. her. I was and... like, I will happily break your website anytime you like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, from one good story to the others, give us a couple. Like, you worked in brokerage for a long time. Yes. You're talking about it now. Yes. What are some of your favorite broker stories? Um, I think one of my favorite was, um, so I, I, I think I've told this story a couple other times, but it's honestly one of my favorites. So it's when the Nintendo Switch first came out and you were, they were available at Target. So I had a carrier running a load and he calls me and he's like, hey, um, how are you, how you doing? I was like, I'm fine. What's up? And he goes, uh, I'm kind of bored on the road. And I was like, all right, well, that's nothing, that's nothing else new. I would talk to this carrier for like 30 minutes a day just because he would be like, what's going on? Let's talk. And I was like, I got, I'm just sitting here like entering information. So, okay. And um, he called me and he was like, um, so like, are you busy? And I was like, yes. Why? <laughs> and he goes, well, I, I want to get a Nintendo Switch for my son, but uh, like I'm not allowed to text and like mess with my phone while I drive. So, um, can you look up the target where I'm going and see if they have a Nintendo switch available? And I was like, why would I do that? And he goes, well, cause I want to get it for my son. And I was like, okay. So I looked it up and they had one and he was like, can you buy it? 
and I'll pick it up. And I was like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I said, you can go into the store and get it. I was like, I'm not buying your son a Nintendo <laughs> Switch because don't worry, you're going to pay me back. Absolutely not, sir. <laughs> it's like a Nigerian prince scam. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, no. I was like, they have like six in stock. Like, you'll be fine. Mm. And he's like, if it's not there, I said, then your son can be mad at me. Like, I don't care. <laughs> so he ended up getting one and he was like, because he's like, text me. He's like, text me the number. Text me the number of the store. He calls the store and like asks them to put it on hold so he can come in and pick it up. And I was like, all right, go for it. So, you know, just casually looking up store inventory for people because <laughs> what else am I going to do? <laughs> So, but at least he got his son a switch. He did. And um, he was one of my favorite carriers. Anytime I was like, hey, um, can you just like do something for me very quickly? Um, I just need this load to scale out. Can you go pick it up? You can deliver it whenever. And he's like, on it, be there in 10. And I was like, yes. See, that's, um, I, I heard, I hear the term like uh, relationship logistics a yes. lot. And I think it's especially relevant to stories like that. that it, it, you kind of got to go out of your way a yeah. time or two in order to, you know, reap the benefit. Not re- really reap the benefits, but you have to be able to help somebody be able out. To be like, I need you to do me a solid yes. right now. Um, and then they'll just kind of like drop everything for it. Um, I had another carrier that he would send me his daughter's softball schedule for because she played college softball. And I would book his daughter's softball. I would book no his loads. Close to, her, close to her games. He's like, well, I'm going to go anyway. So it's either you send me the other way and then I take a day off and then go to her game. Or I was like, yeah, I got this. I love that. I was like, so he was proactive. Within, I was like, you're going to be within 20 minutes of her games um, if I can help it. Or at least I'm going to get you most of the way there. And how you get home's boss between you and Jesus. Right. But, like, <laughs> I'm going to get you there. So how often does that kind of stuff happen? Like um, the drivers ask you to, to me, sort of it accommodate a lot, mm-hmm. and apparently it was like an like abnormality because everyone's like, "Why do you do this for your drivers?" I was like, "Well, I mean, they're they're driving, so I'm gonna go ahead and like give them what they want because right. it makes my life easier. And if all I have to do is spend ten minutes to look at to like pop the like the softball schedule into like Google Maps and go like, "All right, well, what is it close to?" Hmm. I'm going to take that 10 minutes because it saves me like an hour and a half of calling people later going, hey, can you pick this up? No. Okay. Hey, what about this? No. Hey, ah, man. Okay. Well, I'm out of options. Now I'm having to pay way too much for this load. And I was like, all right, well, that's what I got. That's awesome. It just was, it just was a no brainer to me. And everybody's like, why are you doing this? I was like, it's just, it makes sense. I feel like those drive, once you do that for drivers like that, like they would want to work for you. Yeah, for I a very stole. long time. So we had two teams and like we had two different kind of carrier bases, but I got to steal from the other team because apparently mine was more important, <laughs> according to, I don't know, someone that had much more power than I did. And so I stole all his drivers and he was like, why? He's like, none of them will work with me anymore. They all want to work with you. Like they'll only talk to me after you say that you're out of loads for the day. And I was like, sorry. <laughs> And he's like, what are you doing? He's like, are you bribing them? I was like, I'm not bribing them. I'm just asking them what makes their life better, what mm. makes their job easier. And turns out, 6 a.m. dark times, that does. And, you know, giving them Fridays off to go hang out with their kids. It's little things in life. Yeah. I feel like that it, it maybe it's just so many missed opportunities. Yeah, just because I would like talk to them and be like, how's it going? Mm. What's going on? So you would genuinely uh, care. You're not one of the brokers that was slamming the phones down. And oh, I still did that. Absolutely. <laughs> Anyone who tells you that they never lost their cool on the sit floor is a lie. I absolutely did that. There was times I literally like picked up the phone and like they're like, yeah, like my truck broke down. I was like, oh, really? For the third time this week? Okay. How about you go ahead and send me that receipt from your shop and then we'll get that taken care of. 
And he's like, well, what? Uh, uh. And I was like, here come the excuses. Here we go. And so um, his name was Jose. And I go, Jose, I think we're going to be done for a little bit. He's like, Miss Mary, you can't do that. Like that. And I was like, oh, Jose, I was like, we're, like, we're going to go on a break for a week. I'll talk to you Monday. Like, I'll talk to you next Monday. And he's like, but, but, but. And then he would call me and I'd be like, Jose, you know better than to call me. And, <laughs> you were in timeout. I was like, you're in timeout. Like, I can't kick you out forever, but I can kick you out for a week. I can reshuffle enough to make it better. Um, but yeah, it was just stuff like that. Or like, oh, I'm not going to get it. Or um, pretty much if I just picked up the phone going like, hello. And they were, they just started cussing me up one side and down the other. I just hung right back up. I was like, nope, not going to handle this. So you've given us a bunch of stories from like broker life. And shrimp life. Shrimp life. But what about from the content side of things? The companies you've covered, you've had, you know, 30 shows that you've done. Yes. Do you have any interviews or conversations or topics that have stood out the most? Um, so I'm a sustainability nerd. Hmm. It's a thing that I just love. And so I got the opportunity to talk to Tyler Cole before he left. And I was, I'm absolutely enamored with Net Zero Carbon. It's one of my favorite free wave hmm. shows. And um, so I watched that. And then I also just recently got to talk to um, Jennifer Wong at Convoy about, because scope three emissions is one of those that's like really tricky to kind of like explain to someone that doesn't like live in mm-hmm. sustainability all the time. It's the sustainability, like if you hire, a, if you book, broker a load, you're kind of responsible for that carrier's emissions. That's your scope three. It's some of the ones that are harder to trans, are harder to track and harder to kind of maintain, but it's like 75% of a shipper's or a broker's um, emissions that oh, they wow. put out. So it's a big section, and it, but it's just so hard to get your arms around it because mm-hmm. you're relying on everyone else's data so much that it kind of leaves you going like, uh, we think this is it, hmm. but we don't really know. So... I got to talk to her about that, and it was fantastic. She's the absolute nicest people. I could not love Convoy more. Um, But yeah, some of those are probably some of my favorite. And then, of course, I got to talk to Thomas Wasson, and we swapped broker stories a couple times. Same with Grace. It was, it's, uh, I've decided that's the new holiday special, is just like, just have everyone share their stories. And uh, yeah. Thomas Wasson is the first time I met him was at this conference. And I haven't, unfortunately, I haven't checked out his show yet, but because of his conversations that he has had here, I'm 100%, like, I'm already, like, number one fan. I did not know. So, apparently, they have, like, a a room in the, um, in, like, the Freight Waves office that's, like, all Thomas Wassonisms, and it's just, like, random things he says, and I'm just, like, this is fantastic. And I love that his show is live, because, like, if he messes up, then he just rolls with it. Whereas I'll be, like, be saying something, and I'll go, like, "Um, blah, blah, blah. And then I'll just be like, Mel, can you cut that out? <laughs> like in the middle of right. recording. I'm just like, can you cut that out? <laughs> That's actually easier on the editor's yes. point of view if you just keep it going because then they know when to cut it out and yeah. when to... I'll just like blah, 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 and I'll ask her to cut it out and then I'll just restart the question. <laughs> She's like, it's actually really convenient. <laughs> yes. Instead of, I, I learned this lesson the hard way. I thought I was saving my video editor a lot and back in the day when I had a video editor. I was saving them a lot of time by breaking it up. And he's like, no, you just made the work so much more. Yes. But, you know, going back to to, to Thomas, like he has so many fascinating stories he, to like, tell. Every time he says something, like how I worked in a prison that got shut down, I was like... <laughs> I heard that story last night. <laughs> I was just sitting there and I was like... He was partially responsible for shutting yes. down a prison. <laughs> I was just like, I'm not even surprised. I'm not surprised. I was like, all right. 
carry on. Let's go. Let's hear this story. And each one is just as ludicrous as the next, but it's just like, of course this would happen to right. Thomas. Of course he's, it would. He's filled with fascinating stories. And so many fun facts. I cannot tell you how many conversations he and I have had that he's just dropped a random fun fact. And I'm like, okay. And it's also his at dinner the other night, his disdain. He's a wino. So yes. he knows wine like the back of his hand. Yes. But the, uh, the muscadine grapes, he absolutely detests them. Yes. And I have to be honest, I nodded along. I have no <laughs> idea what a muscadine grape is. <laughs> It's like I was the bigger like, uh-huh. grape, I think. I think. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, oh, that sounds like something I've heard in wine before. I'm just going to eat my dinner. And, <laughs> and he also, at dinner, ordered a steak with a coffee rub. Yes. And ate all of it. All of it. He loved it. And I was like, that's weird, but okay. As soon as I heard it, I almost threw up. I was like, that's dis- <laughs> that sounds disgusting. But he ate it all. He did. He loved it. And I don't, I don't even drink coffee. I don't like the taste of it oh, at wow. all. And so I was like, that sounds like a personal brand of hell. Like, what does even coffee do to a steak? I don't know, but apparently... Know. I'm sure there's something with like the acids and the coffee bean or something. He probably know. knows like the scientific he, background of it. If only he was like right over here, we could just be like, hey, Thomas, what's up with the coffee and steak? He's another one. He's. A, I, I love the personalities that Great Waves is starting to build because between like you and Thomas, I feel like if you just put a microphone in front of you, like you, the content is is yes. going to be gold. It's the, the hardest part is to be like, well, what should I talk about? And then I'm just like, well, I'm just going to find someone and be like, we're going to talk now. How's it going? Like yesterday, I had a last minute guest edition because something didn't work out with another one. We ended up talking for 30 minutes about carpet. Just about <laughs> shipping carpet. And I was like, of course this is it. And it was so, so shipping fun. carpet, shipping brine, mm-hmm. shrimp. These are the kind of conversations that happen at Freightways Future Supply Chain. So far, we haven't even had our second night of the whole conference. So who knows what we'll be shipping tonight? Oh, it's going to be a lot of things. Well, spe- speaking of shipping... What projects do you have working on? What are you? What kind of content are you working on? What can folks expect to come so from you in the future? We have um, we have check call coming out, and uh, that's every Tuesday on Freightwaves TV at one thirty, right after I put the coffee down. And then um, there's a newsletter that comes out on Tuesdays and Thursdays, except for today because we're here. And turns out, 6 a.m. wake-up calls multiple days in a row doesn't exactly make for the best newsletter content. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And uh, we are working on a few other things that we're trying to design how how we want them to look. So stay tuned for those because I'm very excited about Well, where can folks follow? Check call, Um, the newsletter, all that good stuff. You can follow me on LinkedIn. I'm Mary O'Connell. I think I'm legitimately the only one. Um, But you can also find me on Twitter as Mary underscore O. No, Mary O underscore 119. Perfect. That's awesome. It. Mary, thank you so much for sharing It's been honestly a pleasure, Blythe. I have never really fangirled so hard. Stop. That I, like, I was like, oh my God, it's Blythe. <laughs> And we didn't even get in any Disney discussions, which we I did. had on the list. All right, real quick, uh, favorite Disney factoid more people should know. Um, that no, so I love the Animal Kingdom, and Nomad Lounge is the most underrated place in one hundred percent. Like you go, you get your cocktail, and now they have the flotillas, and they're almost like I don't want you to flotillas. tell people about this because yeah. more people will know. But please, you go, go. You sit on the little, you sit on the little. It's not a porch. Like a patio. Like patio balcony situation. And you can watch all the characters float by and you just get to sit there and sip old fashions and they have a little drink that they put a light up flower in. Oh, I get that every time. It's so good. And I have like six flowers at my house right now. Mm -hmm. And so anytime me and my best friend, we need a little Disney fix, we just make an at-home drink and pop the flower in. There you go. It kind of 
kind of suffices. It that's not really, enough. yeah. But yeah, that's my, my, my always my go-to. Like, I'm like, oh, it's Animal Kingdom Day. We're going to Have you ever lunch. been uh, bibbity bobbity booped? I have not. <sighs> it's, they just brought it back. I know. I was there, both times I've gone recently, it's been during COVID, and they hadn't had it yet. And for those who don't know, this is um, Bibbidi Bobby Boutique yes. is a little girl's salon. So unfortunately, they have age limits. Um, <laughs> we can't do it as a grown adult, but, but you can get a little pixie dust. Yes, and they will do a little. Uh, they'll say a little something. Yes. I forget what they the say. Magic. It's magic. Yeah. Well, they say like uh, Bibbidi Bobby Boo. I hope all your dreams come true. Yes, it's not magic. There we go. Magic. You just got to re up it. <laughs> but the glitter will literally stay in your hair Forever. for weeks. Yes, which I kind of love, and I try not to wash my hair yes. when I come back from Disney it's because extra I don't glitter. Yeah, I need to keep it, and then my pillows are covered in it. It's great. It's and great. It's like the you know the the. When you leave Disney and you're super sad, yes, having that little bit of glitter like on your pillow or you know you're shaking out your hair yeah. and like that to me, it just like, kind of like warms your heart a little yeah. bit. It's like all right, it's not so bad. We'll we'll go back again. <laughs> well, Mary, appreciate your time. Anytime. Thank you so much Thank for all the stories. So Hope you guys all enjoy. Talk about them. <laughs> and you can catch more episodes of Cyberly right here every Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can catch all of the replays over on Freightwaves TV. This is us signing out of the future of supply chain. See you soon. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Digital Dispatch Podcast. And if you did like it, I would love if you could rate and review the show on Apple or Spotify. It'll take you like two minutes of your time, but it helps a ton for a creator like me to be able to show that review like a badge of honor. And it also helps the show get discovered by others. If you'd like to see more of my work, head on over to digitaldispatch.io. I've got some new content collections under the resources tab for folks who are freight brokers, truckers, carriers, freight agents, and also a best of collection for how to fix your website and how to fix your marketing. It's all completely free. And again, that tab is under resources over on the digitaldispatch.io website. The website also includes some links to our social media accounts along with my products and services in case any of that is of interest to you. Once again, my name is Blythe Bremley and I thank you for sharing your attention with me today. Until next time, have a magical day.